and so passionate about like being able to like like if people wait in line for 30 minutes like when they get to that cabinet it better be they better say okay i get it now to Creative How, the podcast for curious creatives. I'm Jed Jesslin. And I'm Sean Flanagan. Hey, Jed, how much do you like ice cream? I love it. It's this my second favorite thing to pizza. But do you sit around dreaming of just crazy ideas for ingredients of ice cream? I do not, but I feel guilty that I don't. Our next guest, David Olima, is doing just that. And luckily for you, he's building an empire out of it. His empire is called the Charmery. He talks all about just the inception of it and how to make just great ice cream and the passion behind doing all of that. And giving all of his customers an amazing experience, which seems to be his number one priority. David, welcome to Creative How. Thrilled to be here. Thank you for coming. We got uh, a great first question that uh, I think the people in the audience are gonna be really interested to hear. So aside from your own dishes, What's the best ice cream dish you've ever had? Could be more than one if you need it, need it to be. I definitely need it to be. Um, the one ice cream that blew my mind was um, an ice cream bar. And it was in a um, garage in Vietnam. And it was a sticky rice ice cream. And it just blew my mind. And I think I was beginning to be into ice cream when we went. And the fact that you could put something like rice in ice cream was something I had never experienced before. And it was so texturally delicious. Uh, I've tried to make a mango sticky rice flavor probably about 10 times. It's kind of the white whale, white elephant. Yeah, right, right. No, white whale. White whale. Moby Dick. Right. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, white elephant's the Christmas game. <laughs> That's good too, though. <laughs> That's good too. But it's my white whale. Um, we're actually attempting it again pretty soon. So nice. That's exciting. Um, number two was a Sunday that I had in New York City, a shop called Morgan Stearns. It was called New God Flow, and it was a thick slice of toasted Japanese white bread a delicious scoop of like pretty neutrally flavored, delicious ice cream and a caramelized honey swirl over top. My Lord. And to see some, again, like I'm clearly intrigued by like kind of the pairing of different unique ingredients. And the third one um, was a shop in Durham, North Carolina uh, called the parlor. I actually went and worked there when I was like learning how to make ice cream professionally. And um, they were the first place I had seen really using super fresh fruit and uh, like locally sourced fresh fruit. And that kind of um, before that, everyone I had asked about how do you use fresh fruit? I was always told it's an impossibility. And I'm sure I had tasted some before, but just seeing the process of it and then seeing it on a cone on a, was kind of mind blowing. Now, are you are you being tipped off to some of these things, or are you just just tripping over and discovering them? Yeah. Uh, so when I I fell in love with ice cream, uh, pretty hardcore when I started making it, 
And so it was kind of right around, I guess the internet was around, but it was still kind of the beginning of the internet. And um, I would always seek out these, the best ice cream shops anywhere we went. So I was kind of being tipped off by locals. I would always ask, you know, where to get ice cream. And, you know, I would end up at these kind of out of the way places and I would always seek, but I would always seek out ice cream. Wow. That's, that's fun. Like, I mean, what, what was, what was it about ice cream? What, how does, what's that inception point? What was my, one of my good friends who, um, went on to become a really great pastry chef, no longer a pastry chef, but he told me once that he had an ice cream machine and he's like, you should really make ice cream. It's super easy and super delicious. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Made a simple sweet cream base. I got the Ben and Jerry's cookbook, sweet cream base, added some strawberry jam into it. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. And so, you know, then like anytime there would be a picnic or a party, I don't know why I said picnic. I've never There's really gone on a picnic. I haven't been in a picnic great. in the several years. I've They're certainly incredible. never brought ice cream to a picnic. <laughs> it's very hot there. <laughs> But you would if there was one. Yeah, if I could, I would. Maybe. Picnics sound really fun. Yeah. Um, so whenever I would go to like a party, I would always bring ice cream. And I would like bring different flavors for people to try. And uh, just fell in love with the process of it. I remember my, my grandmother made homemade ice cream once. I'd never had homemade ice cream before. I actually didn't even know you could do it. And she made it at, it was a party. It was a little bit outside though, kind of a picnic. Maybe but, a barbecue. Uh, yeah, but it was peach, peach ice cream. It was, in, I almost said the F word, it'll happen, but it was incredible. You can curse on the show. It was yes. amazing. And it was like, uh, I just had always gone to friendlies. So I just didn't know. So that, that first, uh, I guess, recipe, does that, does that still live? Is that, is it like in the original recipe? <laughs> well, we don't really use uh, jam so much anymore. And yeah. it, there's a whole process between, there's a whole kind of, learning process from going from making ice cream at home to making it on a production level that kind of changes everything. Right. Right. So let's, uh, you know, dial it back a little bit. What were you doing prior to starting the Charmery? You know, I, maybe not right before, but what did you do before then? I had a lot of odd jobs. I graduated from Ithaca college with a degree in marketing and public relations and a minor in writing. Nice. Um, so I, had dreams of, I don't even remember what my dreams were, but I wanted to be in a marketing. I wanted to, to be public relations. I wanted to help small businesses grow or nonprofits grow right out of college. I moved to Washington, DC. It was right after nine 11. And I was like going up against people who had like five years Capitol Hill experience and ended up working at a uh, Kung Fu video store. So that was Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> I Sounds built good them me. a web page. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you go. Whatever. It was cool. I sold a lot of Kung Fu DVDs, watched a lot, and it was a really um looking back it was fun, but it wasn't fun then to feel like I had just graduated and this is what I was right. doing. We moved out to my wife and then girlfriend, now wife, moved out to Northern California, a town called Santa Rosa. And literally like on the way down to California driving, I went before she did. Um, got a job at a public relations marketing agency for food and wine. Okay. I felt like I hit the jackpot. Absolutely. It was awesome. Anyway, didn't quite work out the way I thought. And I ended up uh, doing 
marketing for a small reggae record label. My lord, <laughs> this is like ended up as like the tour manager. Jobs. Yeah, it, that was. I mean, the subject matter is killer. <laughs> that was the dream job for me. I that was kind of the problem. Yeah, is when we moved back to Baltimore, I was like. I, I don't know where to go from here because I've now spent my career in the reggae music industry, which doesn't exist in Baltimore. Right. And uh, the music industry is a fading, fleeting. Yep. Back to anyway. DC for go-go. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have done that. <laughs> but I was in Baltimore and um, worked a sales job, ended up at Everyman Theater doing uh, marketing for them. Um, and then finally we made the leap, my wife and I, to do this. And, and during that development, you're, you're making ice cream this whole time, right? Correct. And you've shared it with enough people that you have built that confidence that you got something special. How did that, when did you kind of feel like it was a product worthy of just making a life change around? You know, it, it's, it didn't, I don't, so basically, um, you know, whenever you create food for people, for me, it was always this, uh, a little terrifying experience, you know, like you're basically presenting something that you've created as I imagine you, even with marketing, anything you do when you're presenting that thing, it's always that, that moment of like sheer terror. Like I hope people enjoy it. I made it for people to enjoy. (laughs) Um, so it wasn't that it wasn't basically from going to all these ice cream shops, we, we kind of figured out that like the sneaky thing about ice cream is that ice cream shops are where the community meets and gathers. And like, besides like corner bars, like ice cream shops are like where the families go first dates. Like I'd look around ice cream shops in new Orleans and be like, Oh my God, look at all these. I didn't realize all these different people lived here, you know? And so when we moved back to Baltimore, we saw that there, we didn't have that spot when we were in California, we had our like local ice cream spot. When we were in DC, we had our local ice cream spot didn't see it here in Baltimore. And I guess that was sort of the impetus to push forward on it. It's kind of crazy that this Baltimore still has uncharted sort of territories like that, you know, and, and John was kind of, you know, your friend, John Zervitz was here saying that was kind of the similar idea with union. They didn't have a local in town brewery that, you know, provided that community atmosphere. It's just shocking for just as old as the city is like these things didn't exist until five years ago with you guys. Yeah, it's what makes Baltimore um, a really special, wonderful place. Um, I feel very thankful to be here in Baltimore and, and thankful that um, the community sort of embraced us as it did and that we were able to get traction like that. You know, you go to New York City and open our kind of shop and you're trying to get your neighborhood, but you can also survive off your neighborhood. Here you, here it takes a lot more reach to reach. Right, yeah. right. Um did you and your wife are both from Baltimore originally? She is from Columbia. Okay. Okay. So in thinking about opening an ice cream shop, was that like always a husband and wife dream or was it more you or how, how did that go? Uh, I would not be here. I would not be doing this. I don't know what I'd be doing without her. Um, this was really her dream. She, from a young age, she wanted to open a peanut butter factory from that, uh, a diner. Um, she went to Cornell for hotel restaurant management. She built her life to do, to own something. We didn't know what it was. We actually tried to buy a diner here in Baltimore and it's failure. Our inability to buy it was, we were so far along in the process. We had a banker, 
a business plan. We were like, what are we doing? Let's just do our dream. Right. So it was kind of, you know, without her, none of this happens. That's cool. That's cool. So in terms of research that you guys did, you know, I know that you've tried a lot of ice cream, but um, beyond that, you know, did you do research on everything from ingredients to the brand that you were trying to create to also, also obviously financing all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, Laura and I have sort of very clearly defined roles within our business. She, financing, she attacked that and created this relationship with a banker. I never thought like relationships with bankers matter. I never thought that like any of that matters. And like she found this banker who went to bat for us and, you know, got us a lo- without a loan. We don't open, you know, there's so many things that like could happen that we, that we don't open without it. And that was like a huge one you need to figure out. And then once you get open, you need to do projections in the future and all these things that she is so good at that enable me to like focus on the things that I'm able to do. So I had been researching different ice cream brands, different beer brands, different bakeries, donut shops, all these different kind of like, you know, there's this thing that has been happening. And, um, you know, Union Craft is a great example of it where it's like, you had the old kind of style. There was like Budweiser and like, then there was kind of this thing that happened, which was like these smaller brands that got real big. So in ice cream, you know, maybe Briars, right. And then the thing that got big was Ben and Jerry. So it was a bit of a craft version of that. So in beer, that would probably be like blue moon or something like that. And then all of a sudden from that, there emerged all these kind of little kind of micro breweries, micro creameries, micro, donut shops, all these other kind of little like shops that have been able to happen, companies that have been able to happen from that one, like big one. That's cool. I mean, I want to touch on how the ideation around the name and things, but first you mentioned Ben and Jerry and I think they're fellow alumni yours. Ah, Yes. I uh, went to the Penn state short course. They just did the mail-in book, but I actually went and attended. Oh, lazy it was, bastards. yeah, right. Yes, they'll never make <laughs> no, it. No, never. They they were they were trailblazers, and I still love their ice cream. But um, the Penn State short course was it was probably too early for me to have gone to to have been very useful. But what it did is it made me feel serious about it. It made me like feel like I was doing like, man, I'm spending money. I'm going by myself to this class at Penn State, like. I didn't learn much necessarily from the class, but just being there meant that I was like taking it seriously. And that was a good, really first step just to feel, feel that way. That's an institution up there, man. It's oh, got it's, a legacy. It's cool. Getting a behind the scenes tour was like mind blowing and awesome. great ice cream they make too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So let's touch on the the branding, the naming. How, how did you get there? I don't quite remember. I know Laura and I were having conversations back and forth. Um, and obviously Baltimore is Charm City and um, Creamery. And we just kind of popped them together. There was the Charmery. Um, I love the name. I don't know if going back, we would name ourselves that again. Really? Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's okay to admit. You know, I mean, we're, we're with it now. We wear it like, like it is what it, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I, and I like the name. I just think, first of all, there's a lot of confusion. A lot of people call us the Creamery. Hmm. Huh. So, um, which doesn't bother me at all, but it is something, you know, that I hadn't thought about. Is there a creamery? N- no, oh. but there are many creameries. Oh right? yeah. So it's like True, kind right, of the, right. like the general term. Um, but yeah, you know, 
the the thing that's really special about it is if you look at it graphically, the R in the middle of it is like a big R and it's made to symbolize like a RX, like a, a pharmacy. And that's because the shop we went into in Hamden was a pharmacy. And to take it even a step further, my grandfather owned a pharmacy growing up. Laura's grandfather owned a pharmacy growing up. They actually went to school, pharmacy school in Connecticut together before we had even, obviously before we were alive. Right. So they had kind of met each other. We, we can only imagine that they had like met each other at pharmacy school in Connecticut. And we wanted to give that like, like give them a shout out, like their entrepreneurial spirit is kind of what led us to kind of be able to <laughs> even imagine do what we're doing. That's awesome. That's really so, cool. Um, I, I feel like we could jump around a lot here, but the, a logistical thing that I think is, is interesting, at least to me is how do you, how do you plan in terms of like the scope of your menu when you're opening an ice cream shop, like you guys had in mind? It took, I mean, I remember I was actually sitting in Durham, North Carolina while I was working at the parlor for like two, I worked there for about a week, but it, it was like, it blew my mind. It was life changing for me to like be able to watch people make ice cream the way I had dreamed of it. And like, see like how a production, how you take a recipe from small quart at a time to like gallons and gallons and gallons. And I remember sitting in a bakery there and just like, it was just like came out like all these things that I've been working on in my head for so long to put pen to paper, able to come up with those 16 flavors. Um, and it wasn't the exact menu we opened with, but it was really close. It was, it was pretty close. Why 16? Because that's what, the one cabinet we have, that's how many holes it has. Okay. Okay. That's a fill good the holes. Reason. Fill yeah. the holes, Jed. That's gotta a good, fill the holes. That's a that's a good reason. Uh, really good reason. But I mean we could have done twelve. Yeah. Um they make twelve, you know, twelve holes, fourteen. Sixteen felt like the right, you know, I've been into shops that had like fifty flavors. And that always felt uh excessive to me to be able to make those flavors, to keep them fresh, to keep them in stock. That wasn't kind of what I had in mind. I wanted people to to choose. Yeah. Well, right. control the quality. Right. Like make exactly. sure you weren't just like banging them out. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, when you go, it's it, stuff's delicious. Um, shout out old bag caramel. <laughs> that was actually the flavor that took us the most research before we opened because I knew I wanted this. Like I said, we've been to all these and it, these shops that really felt like the area like Creole Creamery in New Orleans is a great example. And I knew it, if we wanted to feel Baltimore, I was like, you gotta have Old Bay. So we did a dark chocolate Old Bay, which was inedible. And we did a sweet cream Old Bay inedible. And I kept realizing it was too salty. So then kind of playing off the, the, the salty caramel and paired it together. I was like, it works. So what? This kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That reminds me, because I went to the Ben and Jerry's, um, I guess, headquarters in Vermont a couple of times, and they have a flavor graveyard. Yep. I've you know, been there. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like, literally tombstones. That right. the names on, <laughs> That's awesome. Which I thought was great. And some of them, you're like, oh my God, how did that not work? Yeah. It sounds so incredible. But that brings me to the question, like, how do you know when a flavor is ready, you know? So what's, what's we've really changed our production method um, since moving to our new production facility in the union collective um, in Hamden, when we were making it out of Hamden for Hamden, which was our first shop, um, we would average probably two or three new flavors a week. We were just like churning them out, busting them out. Like 
I, I don't know what we were thinking looking back. I felt like the the menu rotation was something that people had gotten to know and love and that it was kind of like this self-made prison that we had created for ourselves. And <laughs> what's incredible. <laughs> what would happen is we'd create a great flavor and it would just get lost in the ether. Like we'd make like two or three tubs of it. Someone reminded me of one today. We made one uh, ants on the log. So we did like celery and peanut butter with, I think like rum infused uh, raisins. Wow. And it just came and it was great. And we made, it was such a unique flavor that we only made like three tubs and we've never made it again. So now like, but now our process is we'll kind of come up with a flavor idea. We'll figure out kind of like how to make it, you know, there's like maybe eight to 10 techniques that we use and we're always looking to add to that. So we'll kind of, once we have like the flavor combination, we'll figure out how to like, do we want there to be texture in it? If so, what's the texture? What, what can, what will add to the flavor? Do we want it just as pure cream ice cream with no add-ins? And then now we have a little small machine that can make about a quarter at a time. Mm. So um, often we'll move, we'll run it through that first, do a couple iterations of it. And then when it's ready, move it over to the big machines. So, so how you said you you needed reminding that you made a flavor. You're not cataloging this somehow or like, man, back in those Hamden days, it was the wild west. We were just like, I I, tried to, you know, we were like, right. We had our recipe books and we try to add every recipe, but there's definitely some gaps in there. Flavors. I know that we did. I just don't have the recipes. So that's great. And can you, by tasting something, reverse engineer a lot of stuff? But we don't have them anymore. No, but I mean, are you able to do that? I'm just, yeah, yeah. That's typically like, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, back to the, when it's ready thing, the very last part you said was about, um, the really tiny small batch, the court, I guess you said, who's the team, who, who's the team that tastes like what happened? Yeah. I, give, I, I have my vision. You want like, on that committee? Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. This is, this is passive aggressive. Well, I really love going. well, it's pretty, it's not hey, passive. Yeah. You love soft serve. No, dude. I love soft serve. Well, actually I like soft serve. I like both. Of them. <laughs> you didn't, you, I love all ice cream. Um, but what I was going to say is, is it, you know, like you're all wearing like hair nets and white lab coats and sitting around a table or it's like two dudes and, or it's you and your wife and you're the, the only people spoon, who care. Tiny spoons. Right. Little <laughs> tiny spoons. Right. Exactly. There's palate cleanser. Like what happens? You, you know, we, we taste it as a production team. Um, so there's about four of us in production and um, we'll all kind of taste it and come up with ideas I do, but I have to I like it. To I mean, well, I, would, I would imagine yeah. it. he's the guy. He's the guy. Like, this is crazy. This is amazing. You're like, no, it's not. It's not. I'm just. What if like whatever. you're like, this is amazing. Everybody's like, no, nah, I'm just David, like, uh, sucks. run it. <laughs> run hey, it. I appreciate your uh, your input, but you're wrong. No, you're out. Usually they're right though. <laughs> I I um I had this thought earlier today as we were coming here. I worked uh, in high school at a Boardwalk Fries. Delicious. And so the Whoa, okay, we know delicious, what our next episode is. Sure, but I remember during that span from the beginning to the end, the last thing I wanted to eat was a French fry. You know, at some point you work there so long, it's just like, do you, if you show me, mm-hmm. a, you know, how do you continue to want to eat ice cream? Being surrounded by it, making it, building your life's work around, like, does mm-hmm. it still interest you to eat? Oh it? yeah, it doesn't look like it, but I have a strict regimen. <laughs> I don't allow myself to eat more than like a baby scoop, which is a one ounce. I do a lot of tasting at the cabinet, so like big taster spoons. And um, so I'm constantly tasting. 
once in a while. I had a milkshake the other day because I, I came up with an idea. I really wanted to taste these two flavors in a milkshake. But when I get a milkshake, I just like, I'm, I can't, I'm an animal. I can't oh, yeah. stop it. All right, yeah. Like, I'm so just good. like, this, this straw isn't big enough. <laughs> right. I'm right. going to like, right, right, but I mean, but that's, I, I'm, that's I'm awesome. trying to empathize, but like, I'll it's go amazing. months without having a, a lots of months, but you're, you're around it every day. Like, how do you like keep that? I don't know. I like, still desire, love it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think I would get tired of it. I think I just don't, I love ice cream. I love pizza. I also love fries. There's a few things but like candy. I could go, I could never eat candy again. It doesn't matter, but ice yeah. cream is not different. Yeah, way. Well, yeah. Um, in terms of tasting, that just made me think of a, an off-scripter here. You, are you ever thinking about other types of food or are you ever thinking about people pairing the ice cream that they buy from you as the end of their meal or a special occasion? Like, How does other food, entrees, appetizers, whatever the case may be, fit in with your whole ideal of, of why you create ice cream? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously ice cream is the dessert, but um, we are... We always want to push that border and push that kind of like thought process where I can be inspired by any sort of food I eat. And <laughs> I guess that's an easy way of, of writing off uh, R&D. <laughs> but, you um, you know, I, I can I want to be able to turn things that aren't traditionally seen as ice cream into ice cream. And so, um, you know, we just did like a French fry ice cream where. We, we basically took potatoes and we roasted them and then we cold infused our, our dairy with these roasted potatoes. And then we took potato sticks and treated them in a way so that they would stay a little crunchy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, like, how can we take this dish and make it like, put it alongside, like the, the best, one of the greatest things that I've ever done that I really loved is um, there was a restaurant here called Shoe Fly. Um, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it was a diner. It was like a diner, diner. Yeah. and it was um, um, Opie, who's like an incredible chef, and and I worked together to create this like three course, four course meal that was like pairing ice cream with food. So like we did like a kale Caesar salad where the dressing was the ice cream. Wow! And we did like um, a a waffle with fried chicken on top and a honey hot sauce ice cream on it. So it's like, yes. the, the imagine, like if you can break through the, it's so weird because it's ice cream, but it if you can incredible. like break it, through this, like kind of like a dessert focused right, thing, right, right? like the world, I just feel so, I, I've worked in marketing and I've had these kind of like um, borders built up against me and like w wasn't really able to do what like my heart wanted, what I wanted to do. So to be able to like be completely free is like, I feel so lucky to have this job. Yeah. I feel so, so lucky. It's incredible. What about a, are there such thing as a, a adult ice cream? Like in terms of like yeah. alcohol? Yeah. Uh, I you know, you're going a different direction. Sean. We can go either way you want, but uh, bow, 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 I, was, I was thinking of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So we've, um, we've definitely played around with um, alcoholic, flavors we have to be careful we have a legal limit that we're allowed to put in got it so a lot of times we're having to cook it off um the baltimore spirit company we share a building with um we've done some really fun ice creams with them union uh we've we've did a whole beer and ice cream pairing dinner um that we've been talking about for two years of doing again so i'm, I'm sure it'll come soon you guys are like um, a creative gang down there man 
It's so it's fun. Like a, it is so fun. <laughs> you guys are just doing these overlap events. Anything so we want to do. It's so fun. It's just, um, I'm really having a blast and um, it's, it's, but you know, it's, it's. And the climbing place is probably like, whatever guys. Just, just, they, they say, uh, uh, cl- um, boulders before beers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's safety first. Yeah, safety first at the union clinic. Do they really say that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pretty smart. It's good for I the I said that they should put cans of beers on the top of the walls. And ice cream. Little treats. Well, the ice cream might melt, but wow. a freezer. But we're coming up with some ideas. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna this talk is a brainstorming them. session. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's a, There's no bad ideas. Thing it's recorded for posterity. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in terms of ingredients, David... I, I mean, you just mentioned about a thousand. Where are you sourcing your ingredients? How does that process work? Yeah, so our our main ingredient is dairy. We get that from Trickling Springs. Um, I feel very lucky to have them so close by. They are. Um, so we did a blind taste test when we first started. We tried a bunch of different dairies, and I was so thankful that they won because they're kind of mindset is so close to ours they're grass-fed hormone-free um like really happy cows i went to visit a bunch of their their farms and that they that they get dairy from and it was you know clean spotless hap you know free roaming and i was just so glad and 16 percent butter fat and absolutely delicious so to have trickling springs close to us has been our number one like Knock on wood, very lucky. Sure. Uh, we work a lot with Otter buying cookies. Whenever they do a new cookie release, they'll come to us and we'll kind of create something together. Uh, there, There's just a wealth of really great farmers and uh, producers here in, in Baltimore. We've worked with Dangerously Delicious Pie. We've done pie shakes. We've done pie on an ice cream. Oof. That place is incredible, actually. At this point, you guys are coming into your own. You're 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 a known sort of great brand in the city. I would I would argue that are are you getting any of those producers coming to you saying, "Hey, what can we do together?" Versus yeah, it's you guys, really fun. yeah, absolutely, and that's been super rewarding and and fun. And um, what's what's been really great is you know um, besides local producers, um, the the beautiful thing about ice cream is that we we partner with so many different um, artisans in Baltimore. We partner with um, visual artists. Uh, we have an event coming up with Devin Allen, who's a really incredible photographer. We've met him. Yeah. He, you can also check out his podcast in season two of Creative How. Season two of Creative How, available on your local podcasting device. Bingo. You got a great radio voice, man. Thank you. Thank you. You have to do some uh, on air so reads much. for us before you leave. It'd be my pleasure. <laughs> Little promos. <laughs> Um, so him and we've worked with TT, the artist and, and, uh, Micah E. Wood, who's releasing an album. We're doing an album part, album release party at our factory and Dan Deacon. So, I mean, really it's like anything that I love in Baltimore or beyond. I mean, we're, we're reaching out I mean, we've reached out to athletes and bigger musicians and, and just, uh, because it's ice cream and because, um, part of our mission is to like, you know, make the world and especially Baltimore a better place through ice cream. Uh, we can find these other nonprofits that we don't normally work with and that other people will bring to us. So it's been really super rewarding. The stuff you did for Houston was amazing, dude. Oh, that was super, that was super fun too. Yeah. Um, nice work. 
Yeah, we did a um a basically partnered with after the floods yep. in Houston. Yep. Uh, there was we reach. I did some research and found an ice cream shop that looked like they were kind of in the same vein as ours, and called them up, and they had suffered some really incredible losses. So we kind of did a tribute flavor of one of their flavors, did our take on it, and then was able to give a bunch of money, all the proceeds from it back to them. And it was really interesting because it was like not an organization, and it felt like it was like really special because it was like going like directly to the source of the people there. So it was a Something I would love to do again without a tragedy happening. Of yeah, course. sure. We'll keep it positive. <laughs> keep it positive. In terms of, you know, you just mentioned, um, you know, making Baltimore better through ice cream. And and um, did you have sort of a, a collection of ideas or tenets or traits that you wanted the Charmery to stand for when you started? Have you Or have mm. you kind of grown into it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good question. I think we had some of it in place. Uh, happiness through ice cream was always our motto. And it was always like bigger than like, like happy. It's like, like ice cream really does bring people together. There are some really serious moments that I remember from our shop of, of like politicians coming in after the, the, you know, uprising it just like really positive, like moments in our, that ice cream does bring a community together. Um, some have come to us kind of organically uh we we laura and i both really support uh children organizations um there's a great one called the baltimore child abuse center we provide them with like a dipping cabinet and ice cream there so that you know it some come to us and some we're able to reach out to we partner with a lot of chefs in the city and we'll ask them to pick the nonprofit that they want because then it expands our like scope of what of people doing good things in the city, the kind of weird unexpected part of how to help the city that I've wasn't prepared for, but has been super rewarding was uh, hiring, Uh, you know, providing jobs that are really like good jobs and pay well and um, take care of their employees and hiring from the entirety of our city and our, our state. I mean, we're not, we're really centered around Maryland, around Baltimore. So, we haven't gotten many people from out of, you know, further away yet, but it's been super rewarding that, that way as well. That's great. Any need for copywriters or graphic designers? Always. Okay. We'll, we'll flavor namers, flavor we'll testers, flavor namers. We'll, like. we'll, we'll link in with you. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> is that a, still? that's a thing. Oh okay. yeah. I want it then. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so real quick. I was thinking about seasonality and actually doing the research for, for, for this, um, did read obviously up on you guys. And you, I think answered a question about how many ice cream businesses, you know, their business plummets in the summer and some even close, but you guys don't seem to have that problem accurate. No, okay. we have that problem. Okay. <laughs> but for us, um, it goes back to employees. Um, mm-hmm. it's not fair to, I, I mean, number one, I want to keep these great employees, and I don't want to close for, we used to close for two weeks. And then I was like, um, prov- I'm providing income for, you know, all these people. And I'm, because I want to close the shop and I want to go on my vacation, I'm going to close the shop. Like to me, that didn't feel right. And even if it, it is certainly a struggle in winter and this winter was especially hard. This past summer was like the most rainfall that has ever happened in Baltimore. And it all seemed to fall on Friday, Saturday, Sunday of June, July, August. It's still doing that. And it's still doing that. <laughs> and it is, um, 
it's it was a really hard winter, but you know, you have to plan for that and you have to fight your way through it. And having our production center has helped because we've been able to do events there and, and some some of those events kind of, you know, help fill the coffers a little bit. Right. Right. But it's certainly a challenge and we are uh, uh, today is a beautiful day and we are like everyone is super happy. I'm fairly sure I just asked you if you closed during the summer. You, you did, I but think that, we got that. I misstated yeah. it because that would be a bad business model for an ice <laughs> yeah. cream shop. So I'm really the business doesn't do plummet that. during the summer. Right. It rises generally. Is that, yeah. is that accurate? Maybe if you're ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears to, to creativity, right? I mean, sure. we, we've touched and danced around, you know, how you got inspiration for flavors, but like you've done, you know, you've been doing this for what, six, seven years, six years, yeah. six years. So in that time you've gone through a lot of flavors. How do you keep it fresh, man? Like, where do you go for inspiration? How do you, are you driving yourself nuts? Is, are you like a mad scientist in your, in your, in your yes factory there? And no, I mean, I'm constantly, I have on my phone, a list of flavors and constantly kind of like adding to it. Um, I would say t- two to three times a year, we take our production team to the, the library and any cookbook we will look through the entire cookbooks. We'll write down flavor combinations. Mm-hmm. It, any dessert, it could be a dessert from, you know, South Africa that is, you know, layered cake and different things. If you look at like the ingredients and the flavors, like these are flavors that work together. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thought of like, oh, if it works like this, how can we combine it like this? And, you know, just kind of play around with that idea. Um, I have a great team who helps um, come up with flavors. Um, but still, it's like a lot of like looking through cookbooks. I always get dessert when I go out for dinner um and baltimore has a plethora of really talented pastry chefs so uh, you know it's been it's it's hard work but super fun <laughs> and i mean i saw the the instagram story you had with the swedish fish actually oh, that's dude. gonna be a great flavor that's I gonna so kill it for that. it's gonna Ooh. kill it it's, you haven't done that yet no it's called um fish and chips so we're gonna do um like swedish fish pieces with um chocolate covered potato chips but, you know, the problem is, is uh, Swedish fish, if you take a Swedish fish and you put it in the freezer and try to eat it, it becomes super hard. So it's what we're trying to do is create a process for how do you take something that's gummy and have it still be palatable and chewable at, when it's frozen in ice cream. Yeah, I, I'm, and I know what you mean, because every time, you know, every, every year at the beach, my kids inevitably get the gummy bear ice cream and it just makes no sense and then they're sitting there and they're like and then it takes like three hours to eat the ice cream and it's all down their arm and we we've done mochi before which is like a japanese rice gummy and that basically has a great consistency when frozen still um but i really wanted to like figure out how do you do like a swedish fish like that's such a like you know we pride ourselves on like freshness and real ingredients but i also love swedish fish so i always want to balance like I don't ever want to be too serious. Like I always want to like, like I want to be serious and we're creating these like, you know, peach curd and meringue bits. Right. And I want to make sure we're balancing that with like super fun, super approachable, like for every, for every like French fry flavor, I want to make sure that the person that comes in and wants mint chip, we have seven always flavors and that those flavors will always be there. If you don't like any of the, if nothing is hitting you, you know that you can get, telltale chocolate it'll be like a great chocolate how how do you do you have a sort of a general breakdown of how what percentage of people 
order the sort of standard go-tos versus the sort of more adventurous ones that you guys make? It all, I mean, it all depends. If we have something that is promoted well and captures imagination and captures like, like something, maybe taps into something pop culturally, then that will fly. Game of Thrones flavor? Yeah, we did a Game of Thrones flavor, Game of Cones. Um, Perfect. <laughs> what was the flavor? We actually did something really different. It was our first time trying this. We did um, three pints, one for each uh, house. And um, and then we did one big Game of Cones flavor. And the three pints were pre-order only. So we didn't sell them in the shops. You had to pre-order them. And, um, and that was really... So we're constantly trying to think of like different methods to like... You know, when Game of Thrones came out, it was still really hadn't been summer yet. Yeah. Still doesn't quite feel like summer yet. But, you know, so it's like, how do you kind of change the 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 game of thinking about like people coming in to buy a scoop of ice cream? Well, I think this it's smart marketing wise just to align with cultural moments that are happening throughout the summer and 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 spring or, or what have you. So, like, yeah, definitely. You know. And and it, it builds excitement and people want to come and see what we're up to and see if it's, you know, but the, at the end of the day, the key is it has to be delicious. Yes. You know, it can't just be culturally fun. It has right. to be like delicious. Right. right. Now, are you mapping, you know, like, are you, do you have like sort of a, a plan that, that looks however months ahead? Saying, I wish. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, here's two guys. I can probably help you with that. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we have like, like I know the force flavors that we're going to make and produce this summer right. that are going to like our seasonal, we have seasonal flavors, experimental flavors, and uh, here for now, and then the always flavors. And then we always have two vegan flavors. Yeah. So we do have some like ideas, but some, you know, the, the thing about ice cream, unlike beer, let's say, where you have to plan it out and like, like things happen, you know, Justin Tucker hits a game winning field goal and all of Baltimore is feeling like this incredible, like high from it. I want to make an ice cream to celebrate that. That means I got to come up with the idea the making it. And then I, I, you know, I could do it. You can make it and then it's ready the next day. So that's, that's wow. cool. That's, yeah. it's nimble. It's a lot more nimble than, than the beer right. stuff. But, but because of that, you have to be, you have to like be solid. Like you have to have everything around that has to be solid so that that can be a little more fluid. That's if great. that makes sense. Super cool. Yeah. No question. So on your menu, I've noticed, you know, you use words like house made, quite often, even, you know, when you're talking about sauces and things like that, and you often mention the supplier of ingredients, like you just mentioned, um, trickling springs milk, and it seems very intentional. It seems like it creates sort of a vibe mm. even through language. Is that intentional? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all to, uh, differentiate ourselves from the ice cream shops that, you know, I, I love, and I grew up going to, but, you know, they, they take a can of hot fudge and open it and put it in the warmer. And that's what, you know, I want to make sure that um, people understand that, like, we're, like, really, like, there's real chocolate in this. It's not chocolate-flavored hot fudge. Like, we get real chocolate, real cocoa powder, real, like, people making this. To me, that's, um, if we're going to put the effort out to do it, I want to make sure people know that they're getting it. If they're going to choose to make the decision to eat ice cream, I want to make sure that they're getting, like, the cleanest, like best ice cream that they can get. I, I think we've done enough of these so far with your friends at the collective and things <laughs> like that. And we always inevitably bring up this conversation around craft. 
is this is there a such thing as craft ice cream and is that what yeah. you guys are you think because you were kind of basically describing that yeah it doesn't it's there's no like certain industries are very clearly like coffees a very clearly defined like they have different um phase one phase like um i don't know what they call them but they're different like like uh you know when they were created right like like there was a whole wave of like kind of first, I, I think they call it first wave, second wave of like these craft coffee shops, right? Where people started taking coffee really seriously. There's not this like category of this um, for ice cream, but I know them. Like I know there's a lot of us out there and there's a lot of people working really hard to make like really interesting, great ice. I can work so hard on a flavor. I think it's like the, the coolest idea. And then I'll open a ice cream cookbook and there's that same, maybe done a little differently, but there it is done. So it's really like, it. there's a great bounty of fantastic ice cream shops all over America and probably the world. I want to hop back real quick to um, that craft question. And it brings up this subject of collaboration because we've been talking about craft beer and things and it's the new trendy thing in mm. fashion and craft and food to do collabs. Are you guys hopping on that sort of uh, wave? We were born of that wave. <laughs> it's it's why it's part of the reason I love doing this. I love partnering with uh, unions. A very easy one because they're our neighbor, and we've they're been so doing, far away. Yeah, like a, <laughs> the upstairs. <laughs> I tripped yeah. over John on the way in. <laughs> um, so, like you know, we're coming up with the series where we'll have an ice cream, and they'll have a beer based off that ice cream. Um, I'm talking with some of my childhood heroes right now. It's super exciting. I'm talking with um, basketball legend uh, George Murasan. Nice. Uh, so I grew up loving George Murasan. He's a legend. Okay. Yeah. Highest definitely. highest field goal percentage for one year. That's a legend. Huge. Okay. Um, Are you a Bullets fan? Oh yeah. Nice. Are you a ba- Are you a basketball fan in general? I am. Oh, talk about drafts and stuff. Maybe off off do you, air. Do you just want me to turn off the my mic? Yeah. Why I, you guys? I love basketball. Sean's Pretty big basketball. You can talk football too. I got you. Uh, you're right. Um, but no, I mean, uh, football, we worked with um, Eric Weddle. Um, and we ha- he brought us down to the uh, the training facility to scoop for the team. So like, really, I mean, I love being able to... Uh, w- the other legend that I'm working with is Sticky Fingers of Onyx. Nice. Okay? So like, I can... Like, anything... Like, these are people I love. I like, I wait, wait, wait. Is the flavor Slam? Yeah, it's going to be called Sticky Fingers. Okay, well that's good too. Yeah, right on. But how does that happen? I mean, is uh, he from Baltimore? No, a lot of it's just dumb luck. Like I'll be, like out of boredom sometimes I'll be like, huh, what if Sticky Fingers if I can reach him and then like try to reach out. I'll get an email back. I'll be like, oh my god. Uh, look, that's I, we awesome. know exactly how you feel with this podcast. We got to take some leaps of faith and, right. and we hit people up, DM them on, I, on IG and stuff like that. And we're like, this person's never getting back to us. And right. we're like, hey, I'd love to do it. Yeah. Like, hey. It's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's been uh, one of the joys of like my life is getting to like create around. And then they're all tied into different nonprofits. So that's the, you know, we work with um, some of the best chefs in the city. I've worked with this, Carlos of... Uh, Clavel and he has this incredible nonprofit that he works with called Guardian Gym, and they're based out of Oakland and do jujitsu for for children. Now he's bringing it a gym here to Baltimore. So like, you know, it's like getting to like work with these incredible people and coming up with ideas and things that like 
that inspire me and get to like me thinking outside the box and then helping these nonprofits that are like completely out of my wheelhouse and completely out of my like, like sight of what Baltimore is. It really opens up the entirety of the city and the world really, you know, to kind of what we can do. That's awesome. I have a great idea for you. I am ready. It's, should I say it? Well, you're an idea guy. Well, that's true. So I feel like you could do a tribute to basketball and you could wrap something in to uh, include Baltimore and you could do something about the Dunbar mythical national championship team from the, I guess it was the eighties with Muggsy Bogues and Reggie Lewis and David Wingate and all those guys. What a great idea. Five flavors. You know, I love that idea. I mean, as long as I could have an idea, grab a pint. You're hired. Awesome. Awesome. I actually really think that's a really good idea. No, no, it is. Dunbar Poets. You, there's so many names you can come up with. A million names. Is this a really good idea or are you guys just humoring me? No, it's actually a really good Sean's idea. Sean's humoring me. I, Our guest, I the actually expert. think it's a great idea. Thank you. Thank he, you. And he matters more let's than do I it. do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, let's get to the the promise of our show, Creative House. Cool. Right? This has been yeah. a great discussion. You've dropped a lot of knowledge, I'm sure. If you've reached this point of the podcast, you're super inspired, but let's like distill it down into actionable steps, right? Cool. So the whole goal is whenever somebody turns this off, they have the first few steps to take to get on the road, becoming a, you know, ice cream maker, chef, maybe owning a factory, maybe starting (laughs) their own shop, things like that. But if you could just kind of drop some knowledge on that, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, I think the key to it all is like kind of twofold. I think you have to love your product and that equally you have to love your business. And I think that's where, like when, when I started, I was making ice cream every day, all day. Now, when I get to, to make some ice cream on my machines, I feel lucky and happy. It doesn't happen that much. And if I was just in love with the making of the ice cream part, then the business would fail. Um, you know, so first of all, like you have to love this kind of, like, I love the growth of the business. We went from one shop and now we have a factory and uh, three shops and looking to build more. I love that, that part of it. And I think without that, I'd feel very frustrated about not being able to like sit and make, you know, a hundred gallons of mint chip in a day. You know, like that's what I, I would love to make mint mountain as we call it, but you know, um, so I think that's like the key to it all for me is like to, f- to figure out what it is you love to do, but also knowing that like, if you're not, if your heart isn't in it to like build the business of it, that that's the key. That's what keeps it all running. I fell in love with like being able to employ people, right? Like that to me is a huge thing that we're able to do. Like this summer, I think we'll get up to like a hundred employees between all of our shops. Like that to me is something that is like, I'm as proud of as like, you know, creating a new flavor that everyone loves. Like those are two things that are like are equally important to the business. You know, the customer service, getting these great people and training them up and making sure that when people come in, they're feeling like the love of the shop and the love of that, but, and then the product itself. And then in terms of just, uh, you know, the actual exploration of, of your personal recipes, what would you recommend? What kind of process could you recommend on that? Um, never stop thinking. Uh, it's really, you know, it, it's a pleasure to be able to think about ice cream all day, but it's also, um, sometimes a little all consuming. I've been wanting to watch the chef's table 
on the gelato maker for so long, but I come home and I'm just like, my head's been in that place of thinking about that for like all day that like, sometimes I need like a mental break from it and take those mental breaks, but also make sure that like, you're really like, I, I love the craft of making ice cream and like, I love the blank palette of it and being able to like add things together and flavors that people, I love that someone would come up to our dipping cabinet and be like, that sounds nasty, but I want to try it. And then they try it and they're like, I love that. We've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who are creatives and they might not even have expected to be entrepreneurs, but there came a point in time when they had to take a leap of faith and just jump in to start their business. And I think that's probably pretty stressful. So having done that, how, what would you recommend somebody do? How do they face that? Yeah, you know, we, we stayed for five years out of just our Hamden shop. And we, we didn't speak much of the future. Every time someone would come and show us a space, um, we would, I would always go look just out of curiosity, out of like being open to it all. And I think the key is to like be prepared, prepare yourself and your business to be able to take that leap so that when union came to us and said, Hey, we have this giant space. Do you want in? I was like, this is going to be the best like production that we could ever like to have a production space that has a retail front is like the best possible thing that we could do. So we had set our business up so that when this opportunity come, we could say yes. And opening that business meant that we had to open another business. So like our systems had to be tight. Our like, like our training had to be tight. Everything had to be super tight so that when the moment to say yes came and believe me, it came with a bunch of like pitfalls that you don't expect. So like the things that you do expect and that you can prepare for, always be preparing for it. Now, when we're doing anything, we're, we're thinking instead of thinking as like a three shop, we're thinking, we're trying to think of like, how does this work on a, on a larger scale? How does this work to keep ourselves and keep the heart of everything we do into it? Cause so much of it is heart and like community and, and, and how do we do that times, you know, four or five on a smaller scale, someone who wants to make ice cream at home, is there a starter machine that they can go buy right oh, away? I love that question. That's great. Um, Cuisinart makes a really dope, like tiny little at home machine. I still have my first one. I love this machine. It is a workhorse. You can, you freeze the bowl. So it takes, um, overnight to kind of get the bowl and then you make your base and it's the best if you let the base sit kind of overnight. So it's kind of a two day process, but, um, then you can make really great ice cream at home. I used the, um, Ben and Jerry's cookbook to start. I used that and the salt and straw cookbook. Those two were my favorite to start, but be creative. I looked up the like, you know, if you look up the base, you need to some sort of stabilization. Everyone recommends different things. I started off using um, egg yolks as a stabilizer, which meant that you have to like put it over indirect heat and stir it and, you know, get it up to temp. But there's so many different things now. I think Jenny's, her cookbook uses like arrowroot and cream cheese. Like there's so many different like books now. It's yeah. There are some great ice cream cookbooks out there. When's the Charmory cookbook come out? When it makes sense. <laughs> it's always been, I, I, when it, when you start yeah. recording the recipes, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we have good, you know, I, when it feels like it's good for the business and not a good glamor project. Yeah. Huh. Cause you know, I mean, I, a cookbook sounds awesome and I would love to like show off like 
what we are and like our employees and love to like kind of, always, you know, think about, we have, we have employees who, we have one employee who's been with us since the day we opened. So I would love to like have this like kind of record of like these like amazing people that work with us and like cool. amazing collaborations and things like that. But if it would have to like be smart for the business. That's a great answer. So David, what's, what's next for you guys? I mean, if you had asked me six months ago, I would have said, or what's next is we pause and we let things happen and we let things get to the right point. And we did that with Hampton. We waited five years before going for it, but now we have this factory and, um, we went from making maybe let's say 12, three gallon tubs to me being able to make a hundred gallons in a day. So basically what this has done is enabled us to say yes to more opportunities. And as we're getting more opportunities, more real estate people coming to us, we're trying to pick the right ones, the smart ones and grow in a really smart way. Um, that's not going to, you know, you know, this is, this is our, this is my dream come true. This is my whole entire life. My whole life is ice cream. It's a, it's, I don't know how I got so lucky. I really like, I can't stress. Like it wasn't just luck. I mean, it was a lot of hard work to get to this point, but there's, I remember working an office job and like looking back and being like, I I don't know what I'm going to do in marketing that will ever make me happy. Like, I just don't know. Like I can see the top of this hill and working for a reggae band in California was like the top of that hill for me in marketing. Like besides my own thing, I just, and my own thing wasn't even in my kind of thought but it was in Laura's and she pushed it forward. So now I get to be here and like, I don't want to ever lose this. So I just want to keep it going. I got a family now and like want to provide for that family and the employees. And I just want to keep it going. What what about like retail? Can you buy Charmory ice cream uh, and wholesalers and stores? No. And is that um, part of any plan? Not really. Um, Everything I've heard from, like we have, we're friends with another local ice cream company called Taharka Brothers, and they right. do a lot of wholesale to restaurants and a lot of wholesale to um, grocery stores. It's it seems like it's just such a whole another business, hmm. and I want to focus on what we're good at, and this is what we're good at. It doesn't mean that I would ever, I, never will happen. It just means that for now, like I like this path. I love ice cream shops. I love this like gathering spot, and I feel. Like you can put this gathering spot in many different communities and that it will be a positive thing for a community and that you can like, it, it, we can still retain us because part of us is like the music that's playing. Part of us is like what's on the wall, like the local artists on the walls or, you know, the artists that we, that we use and like that we are familiar with. And like part of it is our personality. And then I'm confident that we can bring that personality to anywhere and make a community a better place only because ice cream is our vehicle and like ice cream is like our instrument to do that. I think, I think what you're saying is you want to control your brand. Yes. More exactly. than you're willing to let go. Right. But right. Smart. Yeah. I get that. And then but, right. you wouldn't be the first person to say that, but also be like the physical entity of the ice cream shop is such a like sacred, special thing to me. <laughs> I might be the only person that have, has, has ever said an ice cream shop is sacred but I have to think that because it's my life's work. So I have to feel passionate about it. I feel like that's an awesome thing to think about as a creative, because I was, you had mentioned to Harker brothers and 
I'd heard about them and honestly, I, I didn't try their ice cream anywhere. And then I went to a restaurant locally and they served to Harker brothers. And I was like, Whoa, they must've really, they must be really hitting doing it well. But maybe that was one of their goals. Whereas your goal also as a creative is awesome. Right. It's like, just keep it pure, tight, do what you want to do, make it an experience that you want people to love. I just think it's both are admirable and really very different. So and really Baltimore's, cool. you know, it's a small ish city. So I want to make, there's room for everyone to have fun. And, and, um, I, I think they do such an incredible job of wholesaling and getting on shelves and, and that's not our specialty for many reasons. That's not ever something we could compete with. Do you get that so, question a lot? I would say the, right? the in show. How can I buy it? Yeah. In Ohio. Yeah. Come, come visit us. Yeah. Cause part, like, I feel so passionate about customer service and so passionate about like being able to like, like if people wait in line for 30 minutes, like when they get to that cabinet, it better be, they better say, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Like I get why I waited every, that these people are so kind to us and make me feel good. It's all about making people feel good. That's what ice cream really like boils down to. Well said, well said. Well, Hey, Thanks for coming out. This was fun. We want to give you a chance to provide all the different places people can kind of contact you guys and reach you. So why don't you run down between the bricks and mortar stores sure. and the social channels? Yeah. Uh, backslash the Charmery for all your social needs, uh, mainly uh, Instagram and, and Facebook we're most active on. Uh, we have three shops now. We have our Hamden location, which is our OG uh, original kind of flagship. Like with an award-winning yes. bathroom. With an award-winning bathroom. And um, that's in, right off 36th Street in Chestnut. And uh, we have a shop, newly one-year open shop in Towson uh, with a soon-to-be award-winning bathroom. We're in talks with uh, Matt Muirhead, who did our first bathroom, and he's going to throw something special up there. Right. And then uh, Limited Hours is our um, ice cream factory, which has a retail front, um, but definitely on the weekends. We have good hours and we do tours there on Saturday and uh, that's our production center as well. So at the union collective at the union collective. And it's a pretty awesome space to come visit for all of our global listeners, especially in Brazil. We have another reason for you to visit Baltimore. The Charmery. Come on down Baltimore charm city, baby. All right, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you. Great. Thank you. Wow, David, another really great guest. Uh, I thought he was super positive and had some actionable insights that everybody can act on no matter what kind of creative they are. He has a super clear idea on what he wants his brand to be. And he's using that to guide him in creating just great and unique flavors that's getting a lot of buzz. Flavors and experiences, actually. Um, everybody, please check out our show notes at creativehowpodcast.com and you will be able to absorb all of this information and these insights very simply. And uh, check us out on the social channels, Creative How Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know the rundown. Hit the likes. Hit the button that shows people that you're enjoying our podcast. Go eat some ice cream. God damn it. At the Charmery. At the Charmery. Hey, Jed. Did you hear our kick-ass intro music? Shockingly, that's out of our technical wheelhouse here at Creative How. That type of sick sound design 
is a White Noise Lab original. White Noise Lab is a music composition and sound design studio that works with agencies, production companies, and brands on projects for film, broadcasts, interactive websites, corporate videos, video games, and experimental projects. The chances that that movie trailer you just saw on you know YouTube, that's probably a White Noise Lab original more often than not. So whether you're looking to fulfill your sound design needs or simply need someone to collaborate with on an experimental project or maybe an experimental podcast, check out whitenoiselab.com. That's whitenoiselab.com.